0: Welcome to the Boricua American Podcast. I'm your host, Nancy Pinto, flying solo today. I am so happy you're here, and I'm excited to bring you our next episode, which deals with a few beliefs held by the original inhabitants of Puerto Rico, the Taino people. The Taino people. Where is my accent? But first, some housekeeping. We have two Instagram accounts, at Boricua American underscore podcast and at Boricua American and a Facebook group, also at Boricua American. I would love for you to follow us there. You can also email us at nancylimpinto at gmail.com. Would love it if you could please subscribe to the show, leave us a review and a rating, and tell a friend about Boricua American. They don't even have to be either Boricua or American. And definitely feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or show suggestions. We would love to hear from you, and we appreciate your support. So here we go. Today we're going to talk about some of the beliefs that the Taíno's held about creation, death, and the afterlife. I guess I'm still kind of in that Halloween, Day of the Dead, all that mode. But uh anyway, we're we're only really going to scratch the surface here. And disclaimer, I apologize in advance for anything I may have gotten wrong. Historians have had to piece together um, a lot of information because the Tainos didn't keep written records. They, like many tribes, they passed down their stories and traditions orally. So in a lot of cases, it was the Spanish colonizers, including Christopher Columbus, who wrote down what they observed. So we'll link sources to everything in the show notes. Okay, so a real quick history review... The Taino culture was developed by the Arawak Indians who arrived and were settled in Puerto Rico in those days called Boriquén by 1000 CE or AD if you're old school. In other words, the Tainos are the Native Americans of Puerto Rico, just simply stating. They were the only population there until Columbus and his crew arrived in 1493 and then all hell broke loose and they were almost, but not entirely, decimated. We are very fortunate to have information about their culture, so let's dive in. It is important to note that the Tainos were polytheistic. They worshipped many gods called Semis, for which they also made stone representations. Every people throughout history had a story to explain the creation of life and the world, and the Tainos were no different. The first god was a creator god. This was Atabe. She was a goddess, yes, who created the heavens and then created her sons, twins named Yukahu. Forgive me if I mispronounce anything. Sometimes I see things with the accents on different syllables. So (laughs) forgive that. Twins Yukahu and Guacar, so they could take over and finish creating earth and skies and nature. So Yukahu then took over and he became god of creation, the sky, the sea, bountiful harvest, and peace. His twin brother, Guacard, apparently was a whiny, jealous little baby who ran and, quote, hid within the heavens, never to be seen again. So I don't know what happened to him. Maybe that'll be an investigation for a future podcast. (laughs) Yukahu was also known by the following three names. Yukiyu Bagua Maorokoti... The first name, yukiyu, means spirit or giver of cassava, a starchy root veggie that was an important staple in the Taino diet. Bagua has been interpreted as meaning both the sea itself and master of the sea, and then the name maorokoti implies that he was conceived without male intervention, which to me sounds like Jesus. (laughs) If you're familiar with Christianity... The Virgin Mary, Mary had Jesus without ever having been with a guy. In her case, Joseph. But anyway, we also know that Christian missionaries would come and settle places where there was no Christianity and they would kind of blend their beliefs with the native beliefs. And then you get this, uh, these similarities when stories are told or, you know, with traditions later on. So now, their beliefs about death, the afterlife, and these ghost spirits called hupias. So Tainos believed the human spirit lived on after death. It passed into another life. As we said before, a lot of what we know came from the Spanish, who were Catholic, and they wrote with their own religious biases. So when we read that Tainos believed in a Christian-sounding heaven where you party and you meet up with loved ones that went before, or in one case I read about them going to an agonizing hell as a punishment for not worshiping the gods or behaving badly while they were alive, well... That's probably the Christian writer's interpretation and maybe not really a Taino belief. So the the Tainos took the burial process very seriously. Quote, personal belongings of the deceased were placed in the tomb with the newly dead and bodies were carefully arranged in a squatting position, end quote. In fact, there's an archaeological site you can visit in the south of Puerto Rico near the city of Ponce, where you can see the oldest known Indian burial ground in the Antilles. It's the Tibes Indian Ceremonial Center. And among the important displays are skeletons that date from about 300 AD. You can see an actual skeleton that was left how it was found in the fetal position. So that's wild. Next time I'm in Puerto Rico, I will have to take in a little Taino culture and visit. Not much was written about Taino burial practices, specifically in Puerto Rico, unfortunately, but most accounts concentrate on the burials of the elite, mostly caciques, the chiefs, perhaps nitainos Tainos, who were also part of the noble class, and little, if anything, was written about the funerary practices of the general population, called naboria in Taino language. Furthermore, most of what was recorded pertains to Hispaniola, which, as you know, is the island where Dominican, that is shared by the Dominican Republic and Haiti, not really about Puerto Rican um, Tainos. So even though they're all very similar, all we can do is, is assume that practices on the other islands was the same or similar. So maybe take this information with just that in mind. But either way, it's super interesting Um, For example, here's some of the burial practices for the Taino chiefs, the caciques. Okay, the chiefs were not buried alone. Tainos were polygamous, and most often it was the men who had multiple wives. And the chiefs could have up to, I think it was recorded that they had up to 30 wives. Now, they had a favorite wife, and to, to be a favorite wife had a lot of privileges. But also, it had this one macabre obligation, which was to be buried alive when your husband died. Yes, she was buried alive with her dead husband. So yeah, the chiefs were buried with with their favorite wife. Ew. This is one of those practices that was definitely recorded on Hispaniola, so it's not 100% certain that it happened in other chiefdoms, but, you know, the possibility is there. have happened now for some other documented funeral practices among different native societies these are for the chiefs also number one opening the body and drying it over a fire number two placing the head of a deceased chief in a basket or gourd number three burying him or her women could be leaders too in a cave with cassava bread and water Number four, cremating the body in the house where he or she died. That sounds like the most humane rather than chopping off the head or cutting open the body and drying it over the fire. And number five, the body of the deceased chief was wrapped with cotton bandages from head to feet and was seated on a ceremonial stool called a duho inside a wooden tomb. Sounds like a mummy. Okay. Commoners were thought to have been buried outside their houses, in the forest, because they were afraid of spirits. That's all I have on that. Now, another tradition that may or may not have happened specifically in Puerto Rico was the, quote, placement of selected bones of the deceased relatives in a higuero, which is a gourd or a calabash, vessel or a basket that then was hung inside the house. This practice implied that selected bone skulls are specifically mentioned from primary interments, were later gathered and brought into a household context, thus becoming the object of ancestor worship. Okay, this is from an archaeological paper that I started reading. I think basically, like, with the head or with the bones, um, you needed those to worship your ancestors. So they were the what represented your ancestors. They were, these cultures were very, very, they revered their ancestors. They still considered them alive in a spirit world. They still prayed to them, consulted with them. Um, the whole Day of the Dead and in other cultures, similar practices in other cultures, is a belief that the there is a veil between, a thin veil between the, the world of the living and the world of the dead. And on a certain day of the year, the spirits could cross over. So it's very much a vibrant part of their tradition and their beliefs. Now, another noteworthy finding by archaeologists that studied burial practices is that the early Tainos had communal burial grounds where everyone, regardless of rank, was treated the same after death. Then, as they moved further along in time, they realized that people started being buried near their households. So I guess in that culture, it separated who was who. It tied burial to social and political class. I guess if you were higher up in their society, you weren't going to be buried with everybody else. So now as for Taino beliefs about the afterlife, Tainos believed that when someone died, their spirit was released from the body. This spirit is called commonly Hupia or Opa, O-P apostrophe A. A Hupia could appear as a faceless person, or take any form they want, including the form of a deceased loved one. Which is kind of fucked up. But the ones that take on a human form do not have a navel. Um, Hoopias slept during the day, and they came out at night. They had a reputation for seducing women. I guess they were male in that. Or maybe not. Maybe not. But uh, it says they were. they had a reputation for seducing women and kidnapping people who went out after dark. Great stories to keep your kids home if you don't want them going out late. The Hupia went to live in a earthly paradise called Gua'be, the underworld land of the dead. Gua'be was watched over and ruled by a god called Maketaori, who had a last name Guayaba. Yes, like the fruit, the guava. Maketaori kept the balance between the forces of the daytime which stood for orderliness and the world of the living, and the forces of the night, which stood for chaos and the world of the dead. Also, Maketaori guayaba is associated with bats, which is very Halloween, right? But what's up with guayaba? Well, it was believed that at night, hupias would take the form of a bat and eat guava. Guava. Folklore runs strong, my people. This is very colorful. And I know we have science and everything, but it's still fun to keep these stories alive, right? And to share what they used to believe. I think it's beautiful. Um, There was also a bodyguard. A god named... Oh my goodness. Yelguabiran. This being was half human, half dog. Human head, but a dog body from the waist down yel guabiran, kept the living and the dead where they belonged. Tainos believed in a spirit world that their chiefs and shamans could directly access. And they had a whole ritual which started with cleansing and purging. And then when they were ready, they um, they put this hallucinogenic substance called cohoba or cohoba on top of a semi and... The semi was the like I said it was a representation of the god and it had like a little bowl thing on top, so they would put this stuff on in this little bowl, and then the chief or the shaman would then sniff it. it. It was sometimes mixed with crushed seashells or tobacco, which would enhance the trip. And once the chief or shaman was high, they entered this supernatural realm and they communicated with the gods or and spirits or or ancestors about a whole range of issues from warfare to harvesting. If there were people in the community that were sick, they would ask them what they should do for a cure and a whole bunch of matters. They would bring the, this information back to the people and that's how they would determine what to do next. That's all I have for this episode. My peeps. I hope that was, um, I know we just scratched the surface, but I hope that was, um, intriguing and prompts you to do your own research if you're fascinated and want to dive in a little bit deeper until our next installment. So hasta la próxima. Not sure what we'll do next, but thank you again for your support. Thank you for listening and please reach out to us. Take care of yourselves. Cuídense mi gente. Gracias. Chao. Bye.